Last time on Good Neighbors. Cassius makes an extreme sacrifice to the Hodag to learn how to find June. Beck convinces the Bulwark to join in on the fight. Flint attempts to make contact with June on the other side and say his farewells. June recalls their first interaction with James Pale and trading their soul for the power to protect their friends. has bandages around his stump and Chalamet is fucking losing it. Beck, I assume you and and uh, Flint and all of them kind of get there roughly around the same time? Yeah. Yeah. Is Rashida around? Rashida is locked herself in the basement at the request of Chalamet wow. and he, he does not hidden that at all. He's yeah. like, danger is afoot. You need to be safe. I will explain why later. Yeah, okay. What do you all do? I think that Beck, uh, like, rushes over to Cassius, uh, looking really intense, and, like, grabs Cassius' shoulders, and is like, What happened? I did this to you! I swear to God! Sorry, sorry, sorry! Okay. Are you okay? Who hurt you? Um. So. Uh, yeah. Few things. One. I may or may not be high on Valium, too. I... Um... Oh, I know what June is. Uh... And three... Uh, the, it was the Hodag, but I gotta talk to it a little bit more. I don't know if that's wise. Says, I, I, says think I, I gave it my arm. I think maybe I could get a little bit more from my whole arm. Whoa, 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 wait, you, you, you gave it your arm? Like, like, so the, did it get loose, or you no, just... No, It needed a bargain, and, 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 well... Look. Gotta help you. Yeah, yeah, okay. Alright, uh... Holy fuck. This thing seems to know of the visitor. So, I think maybe it might. I don't know. It knew where to find it. I'm going to see. It's the last ditch effort, but if it maybe knows how to deal with it a little bit better than we do. Or give us some kind of new insight. I don't know. But you know how to get wherever the fuck it is that they are? We might need a boat. I have a boat. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> says, says, talk to see it. Yeah. Yeah. He's a rich man. A rich man. Would someone help me get to the Hodag? I yeah. would just like to ask it if it knows anything more. Because uh, last time, I think I tried to, but I got a little bit hazy, and then I ended up out here. Um, yeah, lean on me. Uh... Thanks, Flint, buddy. Oh, you're so strong. Um, I just you want hear, to point uh, out uh, that Cassius has a taste now for 
what a supernatural sugar daddy can do for you. And he's going back for seconds, and let's not all judge June for their decision. The scene, the hodag might be the horniest character in this podcast. Don't do this to me. <laughs> At least James is kind of hot. James is extremely attractive. I know, uh, we spent a lot of time talking about like the hodag's tongue and. It's it, true. I, yeah. I did do it, that. It's that was hot, a mistake hot, on my part. On my face. Uh, and like it's a dragon. Him. God damn it. I just don't want anyone to judge June when Cassius is also going back for seconds now. <laughs> All right. I can continue. Do two people. I can do two things. <laughs> exactly. I can multitask. Coincidentally, when Cassius sits up at the with the help of Flint, you see sitting in the armchair. Uh, is Gert, uh, who is just fucking dead on the eyes, right, right there to look at you the second you set up. Uh, and mm. if you look close enough, you see that its left hand is cracked. Uh, and um, uh, she says, uh, "You hear in your head, you can just ask now." Huh. Well. I do not know what that means. You stare into her eyes, and you get the vague (laughs) sense that probably some sort of sensitive move is applicable here. Yeah. Uh, I guess, yeah, I guess I'll just, like, try to connect with her, with my my sensitive powers. Be like, hey, Gert, what's (laughs) going on? You don't have, I mean, if you want to just go talk to the hodeck, you can. I mean, seems like Gert wants to chat. (laughs) I feel particularly sympathetic to Gert right now, because Gert, I didn't mean to break Gert's hand, too. (laughs) So I'm going to go over and I'm going to be like, what do you mean? And I'm going to try to, like, touch her hand where it's cracked. Mm Mm-hmm. Is this... Oh, oh, boxcars. So 11... You look into Gert's eyes, and you see her hurt hand. You see the hodag's uh, gleeful eyes as it chewed on yours. And your vision clips to seeing the visitor dragging June through the sort of orange-skied world that uh, it lives in. And uh, you see very specifically their hands as the visitor drags June by the hand uh, across, as June is being dragged across the sort of forest floor there. And you see that the visitor's fingers are dug into June's hand like the flesh is melded together. And that slowly but surely that arm is elongated. Uh, And I think you can tell on some level that uh, beyond teaching uh, June magic, beyond giving June power, they are transferring some of their body to June for some reason. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. I think probably Cassius is gonna, like, faint from a mixture of blood loss, codeine, and or not Cody, sorry, Valium and and uh, uh, well, fear, 
<laughs> yeah, a whole lot of mix of other stuff. Uh, but we yeah, when he comes to, he's just gonna be like, uh, uh wow, um, I, th- uh, I think the visitor's like melding with June. Gert has. Oh, um, um, yeah, it was, it was dragging June, uh, by the hand, and they were, like, fusing together or something, though, it's, it's transferring itself to them for some reason. Alright, Fuck. we need, we need to hurry. You said you know how to get there. I do, but I don't know how to beat it. I'm less concerned about beating it and more concerned about getting June out of there. This is more of a snatch and grab, I think, than it is if, a... If they're fusing or whatever, if they're transferring, but it, getting June out might not break that connection. Yeah, is it like jumping from host to host, like parasite or something? I don't know. Is that uh. how it survives? This long? I don't know. Can I see that book? Sure. It says Chuck, uh, passing you the, the Legrand setting on the table and like n- kind of neatly setting it down carefully. Are, are there any wards for people who are already infected by a monster to keep that monster from continuing to affect them worse? Uh, go ahead and roll me investigate a mystery. Anyone mind if I just lay down for a little bit? Eight plus uh, three, so that's eleven. My uh, whole uh, world is spinning, so I'm just gonna. Uh, I think uh, Chuck will hold your hand, and I think for free heal you one. Uh, <laughs> but I don't think uh, that helps the stop the yeah, bleeding yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't stop like the sort of dizziness that you feel. Yeah. All right, uh, Flint. Yet, what happened here? What sort of creature is it? What can it do? What can hurt it? Where did it go? What was it going to do? What is being concealed here? All relevant to this sort of, I this idea that we're talking about right now. I guess what can hurt it would be the most accurate, like how to separate June from it. Uh, I think one of the things that is important here. Uh, as uh, this is largely you talk about sealing monsters. Uh, there are a number of creatures that have been notably too strong to kill uh, and instead have just been sealed away and like put in a box at the bottom of the ocean or uh, a cave is made no longer accessible or they've been tracked in, trapped in a lamp or something like that. Um, and I think the, the part that, uh, <clears throat> that you key into is that during this sort of like essence transferal that's going on, uh, is that James will be weaker than normal as in the expected plan to inhabit June's body, there is a moment where in giving June power, they have less of it. So there is this sort of moment where they are not as capable to destroy you. So this is maybe an ideal time to strike, at least in some manner. Uh, I think in terms of can hurt it as far as like remove it from June I don't know if that's necessarily possible but leaving it so it's just a piece and not the whole thing is doable if you can break that connection some component of of the visitor will be in there but it's not like the visitor will get their body from that point on does that make sense yes it does so if we can if we can knock it down and get June out of there 
a piece will always be with June, but it won't be the whole. It won't continue to be the whole thing. Right, and James won't have control over June or something like that. Like June won't die, okay. most importantly. Uh, so, uh, look, looking at wards and what's worked in the past with creatures, I, I think if we can get June away from James, that will be enough. If we can knock down June, uh, knock down James and get June away. The piece that James has left, or the visitor has left, will remain. But it won't continue to worsen if we can get the kid away. Okay. You have one more hold. What was it going to do in the sense of... uh, how how this essence transfer seems to be working. Sure. A number of monsters operate under this capacity because no, very few monsters are actually immortal. Um, very few are able to just, like survive the test of time. Um, so a lot of what a lot of monsters do is they consume or use the body of a new host. And as that starts to deteriorate or age or like their power overloads it, they have to pick a new one. Uh, and so your best guess is that is what James is doing, and that by loaning June power, they basically prep June's body, mind, everything for that eventual transfer of power, that eventual like moving over to be to take over that body, um, and in doing so, any power that they have gained on their own, James will get. The visitor will then have added to their own. All right, so it's trying to take June's body. If, if if we don't get there soon, that's going to happen, and we're going to lose June. James Pale is just going to become June, and any extra powers June might have gained by becoming more in, independent will now belong to James Pale. <sighs> We need to get moving, and we need to get moving now. Cassius, you said you can lead us there. Yeah, let's just get to the boat. All right. On our way, uh, Chalamet, can you can you get in touch with June's gang? They're going to want a piece of this. Sure. Yeah, I can do that. Whew. Shit. Goes and gets on the phone. Uh, and then uh, this is kind of for Andy, because they are your move slash uh, uh, NPCs. Do you want them to be there uh, and therefore risk death? Or would you like me to construct a narrative reason for they can't be? Um, that, I don't want to just cost you your thing if you want it. Uh, if you don't I, want to. I think they can be there. I think... Uh, I, I mean, June still has a plan that, you know, things are going exactly how June envisioned. Uh, Andy says confidently. So, yeah, yeah, they can be there. Yeah. Uh, for conceptual reference, uh, James is kind of doing an Amrochimaru scenario. Uh, and uh, the seal thing is kind of like how Minato separated the Ninetales into two different bodies so that they were of weak... You know what I'm saying. I watch Naruto. Uh, I've yeah, sorry, never watched no. Naruto. Uh, this, is a, this is a jocks only cast. So. Fair enough. There's no, no nerds allowed in this stream. That's about you a bit. We can take that out. Uh, but anyways, we cut to 
the three of you plus Chalamet plus um, uh, Chuck. Uh, plus Chuck and a couple of the bulwark members who are not named or face have faces and Gert and Gert and uh, I think we we cut to as uh, the neighborhood watch is pulling up uh, to like come join you guys. Uh, Can I have <laughs> tried to heal myself en route? Uh, sure. Just to knock that out of the way. Uh, I'm good at the ten. Okay. Uh, yeah, you heal uh, the the one. Gotta make sure I'm in prime visitor condition. And I'm going to text uh, June using my wrist-mounted keyboard. Uh, what I'm saying is on our way, what they get is on way. Okay. We uh, see the boat take off into the uh, ocean for just a bit before kind of making its way back round towards uh, the Great Tupelo National uh, State Park, which is the sort of protected swampy area. Uh, that's just really more of like a nature preserve. It's not really meant for people to go into. Uh, and uh, Cassius, uh, you are guided by uh, a scent more than anything else. Uh, like you get this kind of uh, unearthly intuition as you take like a whiff like oh I recognize that scent it's closer to this uh, we're going a little bit off course it's this way uh, I think you look a little bit silly during this part of it as you kind of have to use your uh, somewhat bestial sense there granted to you by the hodag I don't think Cassius is any stranger to looking silly nor <laughs> nor, nor do I think he is in a, a state of mind to really notice for sure um <clears throat> it is i'm gonna say uh man it, it's definitely like really late at night um because it started off at night so it's like getting close to the morning hours uh it's still dark out uh i think uh everyone's brought like flashlights or has flashlights on their phone nothing to worry about there you can kind of see but it is flashlight driven it is not daylight or moonlight that is guiding you right now uh you know, because it is dark tide, it's a little bit higher, which can rock the boat a little bit. But it's not, nothing that uh, Dr. Garcia is not used to or has never done before. Uh, so aside from, like, the actual nerves he's feeling, he seems to be okay. You eventually pull up to the more kind of nasty, marshy, murky parts of the Great Tupelo, where the water is, like, brown and... Um, <clears throat> like uh, like nasty and mucky and you can kind of hear the rumble of alligators in the dark and uh, some like uh, like panther growls in the distance uh, <clears throat> but otherwise is, is largely just kind of dirty looking more than anything else when you pull up to this point uh, it is pretty clear that the boat you're on uh, that is to say, uh, Dr. Garcia's nice, like, motorboat is not, is, like, too big to pass through here. There is a sort of, like, um, like, mix of moss, like, undersea plant life, or, or underwater plant life, 
and and like mud and stuff that makes it very difficult. Um, however, as you pull up to this area, there are noticeably wooden rowboats which sit pretty comfortably there, and they look like they have been used recently. Hey, Grandmaster. Uh, yes. Do you know how much of the the Tupelo National Park is Beacon territory? Hard to say. Uh, we don't really talk with them. Um, <clears throat> but if it's currently being used and gestures over to the boat, I would hazard a guess that we're in it. Just use your head. They will try to brute strength their way through everything and try to scare you. Use your head, stay calm. If they do anything at all. Uh, uh, Emmett motions to get out of the motorboat to use the rowboats. Flint does so. He, like, ties a rope to the, the motorboat and, like, uses a padlock to connect it to a tree. It's the best he can really do there. Or like stumble into Flint's boat. The the South Swamp Devils got get in their own. Beck, where do you go? Uh, I also get into a boat. I assume that we're following Cassius's lead because Cassius got, you know, the directions mm-hmm. basically from the Hodag. So yeah. maybe like. Chuck and Beck are in a boat with Cassius, like towards the front. Okay. Because Cassius is leading, but is also a uh, hoozy. Mm-hmm. That seems good. Then I think uh, uh, Dr. Garcia is in a boat with other bulwark members uh, on their own, and they're kind of rowing towards. I don't think Cassius can row right now. Really? Oh, I <laughs> <didn't> say that. <laughs> I wonder. Um, but yeah. And you start to make your way through the night. Uh, as you enter into this great canopy of the uh, Tupelo trees, these kind of massive vined trees, uh, the world gets darker as you start to lose out on sunlight. Or not sunlight, starlight. And um, it's you're dependent on the, the thin, narrow beams of your flashlights to kind of guide you and Cassius's nose. The water gets harder and harder to push through as you approach this area where you can see this the water kind of opens up into a more wide berth and you see more than a few wooden rundown shacks touching the water. They all have, you know, piers and little rowboats to connect them to. You are in stale, unmoving water as you row upwards. Several shacks touch the water as you row past torches light. By their incandescent glow, you see wreaths on the shack doors. Interwoven branches and vines each hold 13 coins. Emerging as you pass are figures adorned with cow skulls covering their face and head. Red tunics banded by leather straps cover their torso and upper legs. We see that they are barefoot, and muck covers their skin. Over twenty of these figures watch you in silence as you pass. We see one 
sitting on a throne made of animal carcasses, still wet and fresh. Its skin is more hairy than most, from what little we can see. The nails atop their bony hands are long, thick, and sharp. They wear an animal hide shawl over their tunic, and their cow skull is adorned with a crown of spider webs and dead leaves. Cassius, you see the shack from your vision in the distance. If you can get to shore, if they let you pass, you'll make it to the visitor's realm. I think I'm gonna, like, gesture to the other people in the boat being like, it's, it's over there. We see that Chuck is clutching his sword with uh, great, like, nerves, which he normally does not show. We see him whispering these uh, uh, ancient words as uh, his sword begins to vibrate. We see several of the other Bulwark members' hands get ready to grab throwing weapons as you're in a prime position to be just bombarded right now. Uh, The gang has guns, so they pull those out. That seems good. (laughs) Uh, and I think there is obvious tension right now. If no one says anything, or I'll, does anything... I'll speak up. Are you going to let us through? <clears throat> one of the ones that is closest to you, you uh, steps up, and they sound totally fucking normal. It's maybe the most painful thing to listen to when these unearthly-looking people say, What are your intentions? I wasn't talking to you, I was talking to your leader. You don't get to talk to our leader. Maggot. Boy. Okay. The torches begin to get a little bit larger in their fire. The crowned cultist howls an unearthly howl. The rest of the beacon joins them in this unholy chorus. Fires of their torches rise several feet in the air as wind begins to whip around you. They all turn their heads down to look at you, and through their cow skulls, you see glowing red eyes. What do you do? Does the does the leader look monstrous? Much more so than the others. Okay. Um... Beck is going to assume that the leader doesn't speak English and will try to directly communicate with the leader by using magic to communicate with something that you do not share a language with? You share a language. This is a, this is a person who this has is become... This a person? Yeah, okay. yeah. You don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. Um, but if you start the spell, it, you will just know. They can speak. Okay. I think Beck looks to Chuck for, like, some amount of direction. Chuck has started to whirl his sword around, Ah. as you can see that there is, like, wind attempting to knock your boat over, and he's a wind magician. This is his game, so he's keeping you stable at the moment. Our intentions are past your shacks. Someone got taken by the visitor. The, uh, crowned cultists, uh... You hear this, like, unearthly snicker. And the one that spoke to you before says, We know. Because you guys worship the visitor, right? You hear from a, a distant uh, 
uh, another person. We have an arrangement. Can I, uh, I'm gonna push myself to my feet. Like, hey, uh, so you got you guys, uh, you've like, uh, aligned yourselves with the monsters and such? That's your whole gig? Don't mean to be disrespectful, you can just, uh, I'm a bit pale from, you know, I'm very weak right now, so, if you could excuse my frankness, but that's your whole deal, right? You, you want to please this guy. We want to support him as much as he supports us. Sure, 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 right. And his whole, his whole thing is that he feeds on self-destructive people, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I had this arm this morning. And I just gave it up. I don't know what would be more self-destructive than that. I'm weak. Don't know if you look at, like... I don't know if you like the looks of everyone else here, but... All I'm saying is, I don't think... This, uh... Visitor would be all too pleased at a few more victims. You really believe that he's so strong. Why not let us through? See if you're really back in the right horse. Romy, Jessica Jones entry with a minus two. That's totally, totally fair. They do not. They are tempted to allow you if they think that this is beneficial to them. Yeah. But they are hard pressed to believe you aren't also trying to thwart them because obviously you are. Fair, fair, fair. Am I getting any help perhaps from Flint or Anna? Or sorry, Uh, Flint or Beck? That's one help. (laughs) How do you, Beck, how do you help? Uh, Beck, uh, drops their two-handed sword like still in the boat and like has their hands up in kind of a like let's be somewhat diplomatic I'm not preparing to fight you okay go ahead and roll help out uh, uh, and, I'm gonna uh, tell you I'm gonna tell you right now don't even bother with that uh, <laughs> oh yeah I rolled a four <laughs> Uh, yes. you, still, you still manipulate a person, right? The way that you uh, said Jessica that Jones entry sounded like yeah. So that, that'd be about it. I got a ten. Oh yeah. So that'd be that'd be. Uh, oh no, sorry, I didn't mean to lead you uh, astray. Uh, yeah, Jessica Jones entry is. Oh, okay. So when you double type, blah blah blah. Yeah, it's still gonna be four plus three would be s- seven minus two would be five. And I rolled a five, so so. Time to fight some beacon. <laughs> How about I use some luck? <laughs> oh. This final episode of Good Neighbors is getting real intense. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, it's up to you. If you want to use luck, go for it. Um, I will. I would love to use luck. Okay, but that doesn't save Beck Tui, uh, who just uh, rolled a failure. Uh, but on a, uh, a... What's it? You have a plus three minus two, so... It's 12 plus 3 minus 2 is a 13. That seems good. Mm-hmm. Um, so you go ahead and pick 2. I'll tell you how that goes. And I'll tell you how things go for Beck. You don't piss anyone off. Uh, let's see, you pick, I pick 3, right? Uh, yeah. Don't piss anyone off. We double down on don't piss anybody off. <laughs> Say uh, that three times. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, don't piss anyone off. Uh, you find what you wanted, I guess, in the sense of like, 
finding that shack, which I guess is kind of... Um, sure. Or June, perhaps. Um, and... I guess... I mean, it'd be real nifty if we weren't recognized, but I don't really know how I would logistically be able to pull that off. Sure. Uh, but maybe... I don't know how I, I don't feel like roleplay wise that would make a ton of sense. It's up to you. Uh, so, we can finagle something if you would like. I think maybe you don't piss anyone off. You find what you wanted, and I find something else that's important, which I think would also line up with mm-hmm. Mundane's lucky side effect. Okay. Which is which all is... about like uh, when you spend a point of luck, you'll find something weird, maybe even useful. So maybe okay. that's the something else. I like that. That's that seems to go well hand in hand there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you uh, you you make this argument. You make this appeal, <clears throat> and uh, you get um, the a couple of them to like kind of stand up. They look at the the crowned one, who uh, flicks their hand in a kind of a lackadaisical manner, and uh, a couple of them speak up and say. You may pass, sure. But that one, in pointing to Chuck Hayes, has to stay with us. For how long? Until you come back. A contingency, if you will. Seems like an awfully strange contingency, meaning that... It seems like an awfully strange contingency, considering we can knock your boats over right now and drown you all in an ocean of gators. Well, I'm just saying, because it's sort of like you're hedging your bet that we will come back. You know, you're taking one of our people until we get back. Tell you what. Which assumes that we will come back and not that we'll die. If you all die in there, we'll let him go. How do we know you'll do this, though? You don't. What is uh, Chuck's reaction to all of this? Chuck seems concerned. He seems uh, like like his like eyes are going around like he's trying to think of like a tactical situ- like way out of this if they do decide to try and kill him. But he gives you uh, like a nudge, like not verbally say, I understand. Fine, but he can't be hurt while he's here. If he tries to do anything, then he will be. But if he sits patiently like a good little dog, then he won't be. Okay. But you don't take away any of his things. You don't bind him. He just sits and he waits. And then we'll be back. Very well. Step up, Grandmaster. Join us, and we'll have a little snack. I I will say if you, uh, you know, break the deal or whatever and hurt him, then we will come and find you at whatever FYE you work at and, and beat you out by the dumpsters. That's all. The boat you're in rocks, and you can hear the rumble of alligators right next to you. And then they kind of slink back down beneath the water. The swamp lobsters are my friends. 
That's where you're wrong. I think that Beck puts puts a hand on uh, Cassius's shoulder. It's like, okay, bud, I love the smack talk. It's real good and real fresh, so spicy. I'm going to need you to have to save it, save it for the finale. I feel my teeth. Oh, I know. I know you can't. All right. And I'm going <laughs> to grab both of the oars. Like, can we go? <laughs> we see... Uh, you guys kind of pull up to the shore as several of these cultists approach you, and Chuck gets out of the boat. He keeps a, the sort of defensive position and starts to back till he's got like uh, like a good amount of distance between himself and them, and then says, "I will wait here until you return." Okay. Uh. And then um, he taps his like little radio, as if to say, "If you need me, call me." You know, when we get back, dinner's on me. I'll see you soon. I will see you soon, Acolyte. <sighs> and you approach the shack. To where the visitor took June. Cassius, as you are um, getting out of the boat and passing by one of their shacks, uh, I think you you stumble for a second as you get out and you uh, like land partially in the muck as your uh, hand, your remaining one, slaps down. Uh, you can feel this like bit of uh, waterlogged paper or parchment uh, that your hand kind of naturally wraps around and you uh, can instinctively know like I should not show them I have this as you stand back up and get your your bearings what do you do Uh, I think he's just sort of gonna like move his hand like he's massaging his shoulder underneath the uh, underneath his jacket but he's actually just going to slip it inside his uh, his little uh, sports coat and like for sure try to get a little bit farther away before he takes a look at it okay you guys approach the, the shack of the visitor and it looks largely empty it looks decrepit it looks moss laden it is seems like it hasn't been used at all lately what do you do? Are we I far think... enough from oh, them? No, I was just going to say, are we far enough from them that I think they wouldn't be able to see me open this paper now? Uh, sure. Sure. You, I'd, li- I'd like you... to sort of saddle up so that maybe, you know, Flint, Beck, and I are forming like a little human wall and I can like sort of low-key indicate to them. Mm-hmm. Look at this. You do so and um, <clears throat> you uh, you see this like same arrangement of these like... Um, Vines and uh, it's like a drawing of like these vines and sticks, uh, and you can see like the it's like thirteen circles within it that have been wrapped around, um, and they scribbled onto the side. It says coins, anything, seeds maybe, coins work, and then ripped off the side, you see R O W, and yeah. Do I recognize, like, the handwriting as Cecil or Florence's? 
the two. Roll, roll me, roll me luck. Roll luck. luck. Okay, so that's one d six, and you add the luck. Remi yeah, remaining? your remaining luck points. Yeah. Oh, seven. Seven. Uh, <clears throat> you, uh, you do. You recognize that for sure that is uh, Cecil's handwriting. Uh, and more importantly, you can see the dried blood on the side. Uh, and I think uh, R-O-W sticks out as like, a, that must be what their monster is called. Or some, at least part of it. Okay. Uh, I think Beck, like holding the piece of paper from Cassius instinctively makes a fist and crumples it and takes their sword and like jams it into the swamp water and is going to try to enchant a weapon. Okay. Eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven, it works. And I think that the the muck like congeals around the blade and like hardens. Uh, and she hands the paper back to Cassius. Okay. If they touch Chuck, and I think that she looks at Flint, I am going to kill them. But first, let's let's get you. Yeah, and they just seem like they're maybe too young and too, too naive to be able to maintain the kind of intensity that they've seen Flint be able to carry. What do you think this bit is with the coins? <sighs> I don't know, but two of ours went missing, and I think they got them. Yeah. At least one of them. You think the coins can keep it out or something? I don't know. Yeah, listen. Um, whether whether or not they do anything, we can absolutely add them to our ever-growing hit list of people in this town we plan on killing. You know, James Pale, the Baron, these guys. Yeah. Just feels different when they're not Monster, monster. Oh yeah, I've I've never killed a person before. <laughs> and Beck starts to laugh nervously and tries to sort of wipe away their expression. But uh, first time for everything, I guess. Let's go. Let's go save our friend from certain doom. Yeah. You enter the. Shack. It's empty. Like, empty, empty. There are wooden floors. There are wooden sides. There's not, like, a f table or a counter or anything in here. There's not even windows. There's just wooden walls. There's moss everywhere. It's empty. You step around... It's pretty quiet. You don't even hear the outside sounds of the crackling torchlights or any of the beacon talking. Do you try anything? What do you do? Do you think the coins is how we get there? 13 coins in a circle. 
and all this markings <laughs> and stuff. Make a portal. It sounds like some weird ferryman pirate bullshit. Pro, Robert, or something. Uh, I, I think I have an idea. I look out the door of the shack. Are we still? It's morning. Hours have passed. The sky is bright with an orange glow. Oh. There is fog rolling all around. Everybody, except for June, do you see that box on your character sheet that says unstable? Yeah. yeah. Mark it. Do we take harm? No. But you are unstable as long as you are here. You feel this intense pain throbbing in your head. You begin to see a little less clearly, as if you are dehydrated and hungry and tired. You're here. 